everybody. You are listening to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast, where we will be tackling real financial issues so women can eliminate fear and take charge of their lives. I am your host, Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. So let's get to it. What's so great about poker is every single time you play it, it's different. The cards are different. The players are different. The scenarios are different. And that's really what makes it such an impactful learning tool for leadership and all those skills that we work on. Well, it keeps you nimble, right? Because in life, we never know what's going to come our way. Every day is something new. You know, you just don't know. Things happen so randomly sometimes, either professionally or personally. So you have to be able to kind of look at the situation, not fall apart and figure out what your next move's going to be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast today. Um, This podcast is a little bit out of the ordinary because today's topic is going to be about poker. And my question is, is life just one big game of poker? And I think it might be. So what we're going to really dive into today, and I am so intrigued by this, is how the skills that you have, if you're a good poker player, can help you or can help women in particular, because our audience, I do aim all of this at women, although it does benefit everybody, but can having really good poker skills help women become more competitive, more confident, and more financially empowered? And I think by the time we get through this podcast today, we're going to probably say yes, and we're going to find out why. So This, to me, is really super intriguing. So, you know, buckle up. We're going to be talking about poker. We're not going to be talking about my usual, you know, personal finance, investing, retirement planning. This is going to be way more interesting than all that (laughs) stuff. So today's going to be fun, okay? We're talking about poker, girls. Um, And my guest today is Erin Lydon, and she is a thought leader. She's a frequent speaker on equal pay and workplace equity. You know, these are two topics near and dear to my heart. And she is the president of Poker Power. So her passion to lead Poker Power stemmed from her experience working on Wall Street. And she was there about, she started 20 years ago. So we all know what that means. You know, there are a lot of bros in the house. There still are. And after learning that, you know, she wasn't being paid the same pay as her male compatriots and struggling to find a seat at the table. And I can definitely relate to that as someone who worked on Wall Street in the 80s. So think (laughs) Gordon Gecko and big hair. You know, when you're in that male-dominated financial sphere, um, it's really hard to find equity. And I think what was really interesting in reading her bio is she realized that, you know, a lot of people on Wall Street, mainly guys and traders, play poker. It's kind of part of the entire ecosystem there. And I think she discovered at that time that maybe playing poker could end up being something that would develop a skill set that we women don't really think about all the time. So her mission now is to teach 1 million girls and women how to stack their skills, negotiate, and take calculated risks, gambling, and gamifying the system. So not gambling in a bad way, We're not going to go lose a bunch of money in Vegas. This is about taking the good stuff from it and applying it to our lives. So, Erin, welcome. Thank you for coming and sharing this very interesting thing that you're doing and your expertise and your wisdom. And we really appreciate you taking the time today to be with us. Thank you, Kimberly. That was a fantastic introduction to Poker Power. So thank you for that and really what our mission is about, which is applicable to every one of your viewers and listeners. Well, you know, if the truth be told, I have played poker with my dad. 
and my kids who are, I have three girls who somehow are actually all better than I am at this game. And I have always wanted to be a badass poker player. So I'm probably going to sign up to do this because I want to learn how to play poker. And I think I have some of the skills, but um, I'm always in for learning new ones and honing my already, I hope, good bluffing skills. So why don't you tell me um, a little bit, just give me a little bio of you mm-hmm. because you're now the president of this thing. So how did you get from JP Morgan to Poker Power? Yeah, my, my career has not been linear. And in fact, had I not had two daughters, um, mine are now 17 and 19. Um, so back in the 2000s, I probably would still be at JP Morgan because I really love my role there. I love the, the prospects I had. I love my colleagues. However, I did have two daughters while I was there and I was quite young in my career. And I was a person who traveled three or four days a week um, to see clients. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't manage the child, the home, the husband, and the work. Um, It was a very ambitious undertaking that I had and it didn't work for me. And back then, you have to think back to, you know, late, late 1990s, early 2000s, there were, there was not the word pay equity. There certainly was not flexible work. Um, HR was not going to talk to you about, you know, how can we accommodate your pregnancy and your, your breastfeeding and your pumping? And and honestly, still not doing it that much now either, but... Right. And, and so it really wasn't tenable to me. So I found myself, I was crying at home, crying on airplanes, crying in hotel rooms and trying to hold it all together. So I made a decision to pause. And for my children and for me at that time, that was absolutely the right decision. My pause turned into a really long out of the workforce. It was eight years. And that was not mm-hmm. intentional. It just is how life evolved. I moved a few times. So fast forward and it's now 2012. And I am asked to serve on a couple of boards of private companies. And that occurred because of one of my JP Morgan clients who I had stayed very close to. And I'm an enormous mm-hmm. proponent of a network. A network is what is going to help you get every next step in your career. And it was through keeping that network warm that I had these opportunities. The reason that was so critical is it got me back into business. It got me back thinking about finance. I was on audit committee. You know, I was really in the strategy uh-huh. of both of these small companies. I did that for a number of years and then was asked to go to a company called Evil Geniuses, which is an esports, legendary esports brand. Um, and I was the eyes and the ears for the money for the investors. As it turns out, the investors is Pig Six. So Peak Six is an equity options trading firm based in Chicago. They're very good at it. So they redeploy many of their profits into other companies. The founders of Peak Six are Matt Holzeiser and Jenny Just. And Jenny and Mm -hmm. I have known each other for 20 plus years. And so while I was at Evil Geniuses, one of their, their acquired companies, she shared this poker idea with me. And it was actually Christmas of 2019. So just kind of orientate mm-hmm. yourself in the world when 2019 is. And she told me about an idea of teaching young girls how to play poker. And the, the origin story of Poker Power is actually Matt and Jenny's daughter played really poorly in a tennis match. And this does all connect. So poorly in a tennis match, Matt's watching the game, and he's frustrated. He's a highly competitive person. He comes through the family kitchen. Jenny's sitting there, and he says, Juliet should learn to play poker. And he keeps walking. And as is Jenny's way, she thought about it. And she said, why does it sound so weird to say my 14-year-old daughter should learn to play poker? Especially because their three older sons all play the game. 
just by osmosis. I don't know how teenage boys learn this game. I actually think it's no. summer camp and your I uncle. think it's in their DNA. I don't it's know. It's in their Guys DNA. play poker. Yeah. Yeah. And so what Jenny then proceeded to do is get a small group of Juliet's friends together, the moms together. And they actually found a third grade teacher in the Chicago public schools to teach some poker lessons. And that, that's where this all began. This was not the idea for a company. We didn't think we were going to scale internationally. We weren't going to build a poker app. None of that was contemplated. But when Jenny told me this idea, I said, that's a really stupid one. Now, one, I can say that because she's brilliant and she's visionary. But two, I can say that because I had been surrounded by poker and I had never taken my seat. I never felt welcomed. And I really didn't see any value to the game. My, my thoughts about poker were very stereotypically negative. Um, so mm-hmm. when she said this, you know, let's, let's teach teenage girls to play poker, it's just not going to work. In her way, she said, okay, she came back to me two months later, I was still at Evil Geniuses, and she said, we're going to make this work, let's figure it out. And that's how we got started. Three weeks later, the world locked down with the pandemic, I had left Evil Geniuses, I was fully ensconced in poker power, and we now had to build a virtual company, and none of us knew how to do it. Wow. So did her daughter benefit from learning to play poker? Did she better her tennis game in any way? (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know. I mean, that's such a great question. She is an exceptionally good tennis player. She's a really good student and she is probably best of all a poker player. She's a superb poker player. So you've been through the, you know, the whole process. You've worked in uh, male dominated industries. Um, You know that it's really important that we advocate for ourselves because men will always do that on their own behalf. Women are a little bit more reticent to kind of put themselves out there and try to, you know, negotiate their way through, you know, thread that needle and get more money and so on and so forth. So I am always looking for ways to increase women's confidence because we have that competence, confidence problem, right? We have to be 100% competent before we put ourselves out there to do a job, even when men will put themselves out there when they're only 60% competent. And that is a fact. It's in my book. I know it's supported by research. It's the HP study. Yep. Exactly. It's the HP study. So I think any skill set that we can kind of have fun learning and that will help us in our real world, is just definitely worth looking into. So Tell me in a nutshell, what is poker power? So we are both a virtual and an in real life business. We are direct to consumer and we are B2B. And that has okay. evolved over time. Obviously, when, when we launched, the pandemic was in full swing and we built a virtual company. What we do day to day is we deliver up to 12 one hour weekly poker lessons across a Zoom screen. And what's been great about this is we are now in 40 countries because we can teach poker literally anywhere, anytime because of of the internet. What we figured out pretty quickly is that we wanted to create a hub for this community. As women started learning with us, they wanted to spend time together. They wanted to play games together. That was the impetus to build our own app. Not only did we want to capture data, not only did we want to create a safe space, but we really wanted to create this hub that would become really the go forward for poker power. Because to get to a million, as much as I would love to sit down at a table with a million different women for the rest of my life and play, there's not enough years that I have left. So we have to use technology. And that's really our poker app, which is called Poker Power Play. And then the third way you learn with us is typically through a corporate partnership. So we have 230 corporate partners, again, across the globe. They bring poker power in for cohorts of women. Um, We also do mixed gender, but it's primarily women at all levels of the company. We've done interns all the way to the C-suite. And we take them through a series of poker workshops 
all of what we do with our curriculum is translate gameplay to career acceleration and personal success. So it has nothing to do with getting you into the casino. Um, if you want to go down the basement and play in that home game, you certainly can. <laughs> but that's not the mission. The mission really is empowerment through learning and honing the skills of thinking and strategizing and taking risk like a winning poker player. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today. So I have a question, just so everyone knows. So you can go on an app on your phone, or you can go to the website and also sign up as an individual. Mm -hmm. And is it like, um, would you be doing it like in a webinar, or how are you learning exactly as an individual? Because the corporate thing is more structured in person. The company will hire you and give that as a perk to their employees as something is a skill benefit. So the the lessons that we teach virtually across Zoom are actually live classes. So everyone who has signed up is on that main screen of the Zoom. We have a live Poker Power teacher. Um, We have 20 of them. They are all women experts um, who play the game regularly. And they deliver a series of one-hour lessons. Each of those 60 minutes, you're going to spend 30 minutes in gameplay. And that's really critical because I can stand here and I can tell you all the mechanics of poker. I can explain the rules and certainly some strategy, but you need to do it. In order to actually start to hone these skills, you need to practice them yourselves. And that all occurs in the app. So the app is really the tool of the learning. Now, what we realize is that many people can't do four o'clock on Thursdays or two o'clock on Saturdays. And so within the Poker Power Play app, you also can do on-demand learning. So we have 14 very bite-sized, very short, about five minutes each, modules with a little quiz at the end. And you can get basically the lesson one and lesson two of our virtual lessons are in the app. Um, You can then go and play against the bots. And the bot area of our, our app is the most popular part of the app. Because what we have figured out is that women do want to learn this game. And they want to get really good at this game. And they don't want to do it in front of other live humans. They want to do it on their own. And so women take a few lessons, they practice on the app, and then they go into the games and play against the bots until they feel ready to play in our community games, which we offer three times a day. And are there are there age restrictions as to who can... No, there, there aren't because there is no real money transacting. Um, so mm-hmm. we are not part of the poker industry, as you would typically think. We are, we're an ed tech company. And so everything mm-hmm. we're doing is education-based. So, a, you know, a 15-year-old girl can just play and she's going to learn the skills. And it, once she starts playing with the bots and then eventually she'll maybe be able to play with other people and learn how to, exactly. you know, in real time negotiate in a sense and yeah. also bluff and, you know, be able to kind of put on her game face a little bit. Let me ask you a question. 
are there's different I think there are different types of poker mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong You're so correct. what is there one type of poker that you teach or is there is there a variety of poker that you teach what how what are you teaching yes. so we are teaching no limit texas hold'em and so that is the game that most typically gets played at most of the poker rooms um, across the globe. So if you walk into a poker room, that's what the majority of people are playing. There are dozens of variants of poker. Um, they all have to do with cards. They all have to do with chips. But there's different rules around each of them. We wanted to teach a game that is very accessible to anyone. You know, if, if people are playing poker you know, over the holidays, most likely it's going to be Texas Hold'em. Okay. All right. I think I have a poker game. I do that we play and um, I'm going to be ready this year. I'm going to take everybody's chips. I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. We can the help bra- you with that, Kimberly. Bragging rights. Help. I'm ready. You know what? Actually, the bragging rights is actually a really important point to make is because there is no real money. So when you are playing with, there, there is no cash on the line as you would if you were in a, in a real game at a casino. And what we have found is that those bragging rights, that leaderboard, that that moment where you scoop all the chips because you've won, that is incredibly satisfying and motivating. And it keeps the women coming back. And that's how we retain them is they want to experience that dopamine hit one more time and try yeah. again to, to win. Um, and so it's it's actually been phenomenal to me that so many women want to continue to learn and practicing it better just so they can you know take the, the screenshot of that they won the game. I mean, winning is an awesome thing. And, and, and again, this isn't about learning how to play poker to go to Vegas and, you know, be in the private rooms. I mean, I guess maybe if you're a really good poker player, you could do that, but I wouldn't recommend it unless you have enough money to lose. But, you know, I think, again, it's taking the skill set. I was looking at the website and some of the things that you mentioned in how playing poker or learning poker through Poker Power teaches women and empowers them is uh, because the game of poker is a lot like the game of life in many ways. And I'm going to let you explain that. But some of the things that you listed is risk assessment, confidence, discipline, reading people, which is so important, Mm -hmm. decision-making and negotiation. So give me a little bit of your philosophy of why the game of life is similar to the game of poker, or at least the game of life in our professional worlds. But I would argue it's the same in our professional and our personal worlds. I I absolutely agree with you. And we have testimonies from women who have had great success from thinking and strategizing like a poker player in their divorce, in how they're managing Mm -hmm. their teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like the the skills really do carry over. Um, But to sort of set the the stage around how we're teaching and and why we think it's so critical that women practice these skills is let's start with negotiation. You know, the women and the word negotiation are often in the same sentence and often there's some negativity around. We're not doing enough of it. We're not asking for enough. We're afraid. Like there's just a lot of nuance. to. And when we do it, we're being pushy and, you know, maybe people use not very nice words to describe us because for some reason we should be just nice, nurturing women who don't ever ask for what we deserve. Yeah, that that actually doesn't work. Um, And I will say that I think, you know, because my daughters are young, I am seeing in them and probably it's how I've raised them, but they are Mm -hmm. so much better at speaking up and asking for what they're worth than I certainly was at that age or even, you know, 10 years later. Yeah, my my girls as well. But I think that's, you know, we have to keep sending the message by being a role model. Yes. So when we are teaching negotiation with poker, it starts on day one. 
Um, so each of our leadership, each of our classes has a leadership theme and there's 12 total. And the first one is courage. We know it takes a lot of courage to sit at a poker table. The next class is bold. To win at poker, you have to be a bold player. And what we really mean by that is be an aggressive player. Because what's so fantastic about poker is because it's a game of imperfect, imperfect information, hidden information, is that you can win this game and not have the very best cards. Right. So for example, the, the two very best cards to start with in Texas Hold'em are two aces. So you get dealt two aces, it's called pocket aces, pocket rockets, you're already well positioned to win that hand. However, pocket aces loses 20% of the time. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to play your pocket aces. You're absolutely going to play those aces. But how you play them as the other players start to interact and the other cards come out, there's five cards that come out that everybody shares on the community board. That's where the strategy and the human element of poker. And I think that's probably one of the most beneficial things to practice with poker is actually playing against other humans because humans act erratically. Right. Um, we bluff. We bet. We make mistakes. All we're emotional. Of, we're emotional. All of those components and elements create the poker game. So a poker game is never the same. You don't sit down and play the game the same way because your cards are, are going to be dealt by luck. But then how you play them, that's the skill piece. So if we think about negotiating poker, every time you're in a hand, you have to set a price. You're setting it or the other players are setting it. And then to stay in the hand, you have to either meet or match that price by calling or you can raise, you can increase the number of, of chips that are in the pot. That's a skill because many women, particularly, you know, growing up, if you weren't in competitive sports, you mm -hmm. haven't practiced what it feels like to negotiate. And so if the very first time you negotiate is when it really matters, which is, you know, to get a job, to get a promotion, to get a raise, you're not very adept at it. And so we know that the ways that boys interact is they're constantly having a power dynamic and interacting in such a way that they're negotiating. At the poker table, as the play starts, you're going to be setting the price for your hand and seeing who's going to stay in it. More cards come out that change the information. So we say there are three levels to thinking in poker with regards to negotiating. The first is just figuring out what to do with your two whole cards. It's binary. You either raise or you fold, which means you're out of the hand. The next decision to make is to ask yourself, what do I have? You know, what's the decision I'm going to make of my whole cards? And what do I think you have? And you as the collective opponents who are right. at the table. So you're shifting the perspective and you're trying to see this game not just through the lens of what you have in your hand. And then the third and most important way was you're negotiating the poker table is ask, what do I have? What do I think you have, Kimberly? And then what do I think you think I have. I have, yeah. <laughs> and it's that ever-evolving, complex negotiation of information, power dynamics that will factor into your decision-making. You can improve that skill by doing it more and more. Um, and that's what I think is so critical is, one, you gain the confidence because you make the decision, you, you negotiate at the table and you win the pot. So you get immediate feedback that you made the right decision. And then two, you get better over time in different scenarios. I think you're aware because you have played poker that you know, where you sit at a poker table yeah. is called your position and it shifts with each hand of poker that get, gets played. And there are positions of strength, such as the dealer button, and there are positions of weakness, which is being under the gun and those blind positions. When you are in a position of strength, you have great ability to bet and bluff. You don't right. have that same ability to bluff 
typically when you're under the gun. And there's lots of factors that go into making that decision. So I I was going to ask you about this because I wrote down when you were talking, how do the women learn about the risk reward? So you may have a really crappy hand and still bluff, right? Because you're just really good at it and you've got nerves of steel and you're just going to go for it because you think the other person has either a crappier hand or they're just not going to be able to stand up to you and they'll just fold because they're going to believe that you've got it going on. Um, But how do you inculcate those risk reward skills, analysis skills through this process? Yes. So when we're first starting to teach, we actually make this very, very bite-sized and it's intentional because we we could throw a very complex strategy on day one and 99% of the women are not going to come back. And so what we have learned is let's make, let's help you be successful the very first time you sit at the poker table. And success is certainly winning a pot of of chips, but it's also having fun. Um, the fun right. element can't be lost when you're playing. It's a social game. You, know, you should be having fun. But with risk, we're going to help you think through the scenarios where that risk reward makes sense. So some of that is doing poker math. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about poker math because it used to be lesson three. So you'd come to us, you have two hours with us, lesson three, that next hour was poker math. That was the most skipped lesson during the pandemic. Really? Because I would think you really yes. need to know poker math to be good at poker. You do, but you're not ready for it three hours in. It just has the word math in it. That's has, the problem. Has, that, that was exactly the problem. So when we right. changed the word to calculating, which felt a little more accessible, a little more intriguing, okay, we're going to learn about calculating, and we moved it to lesson seven. Because I know that if you've already spent six hours with us, you're coming back for lesson seven and you really are going to learn how to do the probabilities, how to think about the pot odds. You're going to value that experience really highly. And that, that's played out. So what is a bite-sized kind of description of what poker math is? Is it all about statistics and probabilities and the cards or? Yeah, what you're trying to determine is the likelihood or probability, let's use the word likelihood, okay. of a card coming out. And the next card to get dealt is either going to improve your hand which means you have your two cards and you're, you're seeking other cards to come out because poker's a matching game. And so you're looking for the, the likelihood that that card can come. And that's based off of what has already been played. Um, and so that's, that's not a difficult calculation. You know, and you can do this on your fingers, honestly. You don't need a calculator. And then secondly, you're going to start to think about how much do I bet? And that, that is a really important component. I, I do want to talk about bankroll um, here now or, or soon because it's a really important component of poker is how big is your chip stack? How does that compare to the other players? So for example, when you're playing poker, and let's say you started you know, with 30 big blinds, which is a sizable chip stack, and it's okay you don't understand all the jargon here, but you've got a good stack of chips in front of you. Play goes on and on. You know, it's an hour later, and now you have 10 big blinds. Other people at the table have been winning your chips and their stacks are bigger. So you are now at a disadvantage. You can't be the bully at that table. And it's really important to understand how you can maneuver your chips effectively to try to capture the pot, to get the most expected value out of that pot. The smaller your chip stack is, you're really going to find yourself, you have two options. You can fold and wait for a better entry point with your cards or you shove. And shove means all the chips go into the middle of the table. You put all the risk in there. Okay. What happens with shoving, depending on what position you are at the table, nobody knows if you have it. 
And this is particularly true when you aren't playing with people who know you personally and you kind of can, can see the tells and read the tells on you. Um, and so you can really use this to your advantage to shove, shove, shove. And what you're trying to do is scoop that pot. Because if you can start to build your, your bankroll and your chip stack up again, you can continue to have um, influence and power at the table. So there's this constant up and down of who's in control, who's the bully, who's weak. I mean, it truly is like a playground in third grade. It's like, who, who's got all the chips? That's the person that you want to be. And we work on strategies that are both math related, but I swear they're not scary, as well as perception, EQ. Women are superb at reading right. people across the table. And then just knowing how to be disciplined. And I think, you know, very much with investing, discipline is incredibly yeah. important to, to building yeah. your portfolio. Being a poker player and having discipline at the table and knowing the entry points to play versus when you should fold is critical. So when you shove, you would shove if you think that the likelihood is that your cards are in the realm of being good. Right. So remember, you're starting with just two cards. Everybody starts with two cards face down. So the the five cards of the community board haven't come out yet. That's when you're making your decision to shove. Oh, I see. And so what you, you actually, <laughs> there's a strategy to think about. You don't actually want more cards to come out because it could make your hand worse, especially if you right. don't actually have a very strong hand. But you're putting the pressure on all the other players by shoving. Um, now, see. someone who has fewer chips than you, so let's say you have 10 and someone has five, that's a tough right. decision for them. You know, if they have bad cards, they are probably not going to, they're going to fold and they're going to match your bet. If somebody right. has that 30 or 40, unfortunately, they're in the bully position. They can put those chips, those 10 chips in, and they want to see what other cards come out. And, and it changed. What's so great about poker is every single time you play it, it's different. The cards are different. The players are different. The scenarios are different. And that's really what makes it such an impactful learning tool for leadership and all those skills that we work on. Well, it keeps you nimble, right? Because mm -hmm. in life, we never know what's going to come our way. Every day is something new, you know? You just don't know. Things happen so randomly sometimes, either professionally or personally. So you have to be able to kind of look at the situation, not fall apart, and figure out what your next move's going to be. One of the things that I think people might learn from this exercise, too, is resiliency. So you might lose a game, but it doesn't mean you're just going to go away and never play poker again, right? It's learning how to lose and then come back, try to marshal your resources, figure out what went wrong, and then, re, you know, sitting back down at the table and trying it again. And I think some women are going to have to lose in this, right? So how does that work? Do you see that yeah. they're, they're not put off by it or they get more confident because they come back and things turn around? Yeah, so was, poker is a zero-sum game. One person wins, everybody else loses with every hand that gets played. So you're absolutely right. I do think being in competitive environments, even gameplay environments, is critical for women to experience because that is the boardroom, that is the interview room, that is the classroom. It is competitive. So let's practice being comfortable there. What you also spoke about was emotion. Like, how do you manage losing? And in poker, you're, you are going to lose. You know, even the very best poker professionals lose more than they win. But when they win, they win really big. And that's how they're able to do this as a career. But you want to lose less than the other people at the table. That's how you end up with the most chips. And you want to lose better. And when I say better, I'm talking about tilt. And I'm not sure if the tilt is a familiar word to you, but in poker, that means how you are reacting because of bad luck. Right. So let's go back to those, those two pocket aces I spoke about earlier. Right. That should win 80% of the time, but it's going to lose 20% of the time. 
So you've got your two aces, you've bet pretty big, and you end up losing that hand. You could react by going on tilt. You could be so frustrated, so annoyed. You've, you've got hate losing tilt. You've got desperation tilt. You've got all these kinds of tilt that may be happening. And that's going to then negatively impact the rest of your gameplay. You know, once you start on tilt, you pretty much go down the hill pretty quickly. What we like to teach is let's be perceptive. Let's control the emotions, control the uncontrollable, which is at a poker table. It's your decision making. Um, you can't control the other players. You definitely can't control how the cards get dealt, but you can control how you react. And one of the most powerful tools in poker is checking. It's pausing the gameplay. So you literally tap on the table or you say the word check, and that passes action to the next player. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but one of the things that it does that's so critical, particularly if you're verging on being on tilt, is it lets you catch your breath. It lets you reset emotionally. The other thing you can always do is step away. And, and we advocate that too. You know, step away from the table, walk around, get control of how you're feeling, and then sit back down in a better mindset. The emotional component around poker is so much like being in, you know, a firecracker of a setting at work. You know, maybe you're having a struggle with your boss. Maybe you've got a really tough client that you're trying to, to navigate and be successful with. Sometimes the best thing you can do is check, pause, gather more information, and reset your emotions. Yeah, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly. You know, I think it's also applicable to investing, right? When, you know, things are going down and everybody's in a turmoil and emotional and watching, you know, CNBC and Fox Business and everyone's like getting everybody whipped up into a frenzy, selling at a low is usually not the best thing to do. And a lot of people will do that because they're emotionally fearful and they're not basing it on logic or, you know, if you've invested wisely and you have a diversified portfolio, your portfolio will stand the test of time. So you need to like, you need to hold or you need to step away and catch your breath and realize that you're just acting out of fear or emotion. And I think that uh, emotions can be our undoing. So learning how to control them and to really not let them you know, kind of just literally dictate how we react to situations is so important. And I think that, you know, in this kind of situation that you're teaching women, this gameplay is like you're in real time with other people who you can't control. So it's a really useful skill, right? And I was, I I read on your website that the Federal Reserve said that a lot of traders play poker and the better the poker player they are, the better the trader they are. Yes. And I think that that is something that I figured out when I was on Wall Street. A lot of those guys are massive poker players and hedge fund managers. They all like this game. But I do think it teaches people to keep their emotions in check. And we, as women, I think this is something that we, we aren't taught to do. If, in fact, I think we're almost taught to go the other way, mm-hmm. which is to be let more like where our, you know, let it all out, yep. wear your heart on your sleeve. Or when we get upset or have a legitimate point, a lot of people will say, don't get emotional. Mm-hmm. When people say that to me, I literally want to wring their neck. Um, I am not emotional. I'm just telling you off. That's it. It's not yep. me being yep. emotional. You're just a jerk and I'm telling you off. Um, but that's not me being emotional. That's just me being clear. But they're attributing to me what they think because they're mad at me for telling them off. But I would like to translate how all this goes to asking for a seat at the table. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've it's really shown me that I think you can really help women with real-time analytical skills 
mm-hmm. as well as keeping emotions in check and how, you know, and how to like present themselves so that people are, are not quite sure what's going on behind the eyes, you know? Yeah. But, poker um, face. Yep. How is this also translating and getting them to ask for a seat at the table? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this before we started, Kimberly, and, and thinking, you know, how to translate this to your community who are investors are very interested um, and, you know, they're people finance- making career decisions. A lot of the people that listen to me aren't even at the investing stage. They may be yep. younger people. They're entering the workforce. They're deciding whether they should negotiate and ask for more money when they get that job offer, when they know because they're getting paid less than they should be. Yep. All of these things are part of our ecosystem of how we build our net worth. It's not just uh, having a budget and investing in retirement planning. It's how do you negotiate? What are your intentional career choices? How are you interfacing with other people that can bring you down if you don't stand up for yourself? And how are you advocating within your own home? If you're the primary breadwinner, are you still doing 75% of all the household uh, stuff and taking care of kids? Because if you are, you're not advocating very well for yourself at home. So these are skill sets that infiltrate all and how you commingle your money with other people and negotiate with them in your partnership, whether it be a a partnership or a, a marriage. So these are skills that all apply, but all of those realms affect our net worth Mm -hmm. as women. So you could be the best investor in the world, but if you screw up on all these other things, it may not matter. Yeah. You know, I I think, and I think a lot about poker, and I think a lot about the reasons why women don't play this game, because unlike almost every other activity, let's just take golf, for example, or tennis, the winner is not the strongest, it's not the fastest, it's not the tallest. It's the person who plays her cards the best. And that's that's an incredible uh, leveling of the playing field. It's really what's up here and what I can perceive and, and how gutsy am I? You know, how aggressive am I willing to be at the poker table? What we know is that there's a knowledge gap around this game. There's a confidence gap for sure around this game. And there's a bankroll gap around the game. And all three of those things are also seen in the workplace. So women, if they don't know how to do something, they're very hesitant to take the risk and go forward. And you know, we talked about that with the HP say, they're just not going to put themselves out there. The confidence gap is they don't want to make mistakes. So they haven't had the opportunity right. to practice. They haven't had the opportunity to fail. Um, I actually had someone very brilliant say to me, that when women come in to negotiate, um, it's the end of the year, you know, looking for promotion, looking for increased comp, they come in with really great data points about all the things they have accomplished. But what they forget to do is tell your manager how you failed. What did you learn? Not just everything, all the metrics that you did so well on. Tell me that you're a person who is about positive growth and learning from mistakes. And then the third one is this bankroll gap. And that starts the moment we step on the ladder, we are underpaid. You know, there's a 7% yes. gap between year one and year two in your entry level job in corporate America, and it continues to widen. And then, you know, when you think about one of the reasons very few women, it's 5% of the professional players are, are women players in poker in the industry, they don't have the bankroll. There's lots of other reasons, but that is one of the most key reasons is they actually don't have enough disposable money that they can go sit at a poker table. Think about that in the workplace. When women, you know, 40% of, of you know, breadwinners are, are single moms. Like that's yes, an extraordinary yeah. number. They're, they're having to decide how to allocate their funds. It's, you know, they may be very good at doing the budgeting, but they don't have anything left over because they're not paid enough. Um, so we have, you know, confidence issues, we have bankroll issues, and we have knowledge issues. All of those things we are trying to address through practicing playing poker. Um, so if I can get you to spend the time to think through the mistakes that you made at the table, 
that's much more important than the actual outcome. I don't actually care if you win or lose the pot. I want you to have a really mm-hmm. fun time, but I want you to understand where in your analysis did you make an error? And then I want you to do it again and do it again until you get that right. And that's what's so great with poker. It's all repetitive. You play a hand, you know, in a couple of minutes and the next hand starts. So you can reset, play again. Um, and in the app, you get immediate feedback. You know, did you win or did you lose? And so you have that validation of the decision that you're making. This may become my new addiction. <laughs> Success. <laughs> Where's Camo? She's playing poker. Seriously, uh, well, I will tell you. I mean, we have we, we've now introduced over thirty five thousand women to this game, so we have a lot of women playing poker. And part of that is that community. You come back to our games, you see the same faces. Our app is video enabled, um, so you can interact with each other. It's chat enabled because our teachers are in there to give you some guidance. Um, and it is about that that social interaction in the community. That is a key part of what keeps people playing poker. And you know, all genders. That is a key reason they play. I do think that there are so many similarities between life and poker. And so I want to ask you before we wrap up, because this is so fascinating to me. So I'm assuming that you get some backlash, right? Because people are like poker, they immediately think of, you know, people with like dark glasses on, leather coats, sitting around tables, you know, smoking and, you know, betting really high things. And they're like, okay, you know, is this the kind of thing I want to teach my daughter? I want to teach myself. And how do you dispel that? Because honestly, it's like anything in life, right? There's going to be some good elements and and not that they're particularly bad. Like if you're a really good poker player and that's what you do for a living and you win, you know, okay. You know, as long as you don't lose everything and you have some sense about it. And if you are a good poker player and you are not emotional, then maybe you can make a lot of money doing this as long as you keep your emotions in check. But how do you dispel, you know, uh, the backlash? Because maybe somebody listening is going to say, well, I don't really think of poker as having all these good attributes. I would say to them, I think they're not seeing this clearly because I do think they're that life is one big poker game, but how do you dispel that in your kind of mission statement or your marketing or? So first and foremost, there is no money transacting. So that really takes the gambling out, out of what we're doing. We are purely education focused, but you still need to feel that something is at risk. You know, one of the most critical skills that we're building is that calculated risk taking. And it's actually getting physical and mentally comfortable shoving those chips. And it is a physical motion when you do that. Um, and so what we say is that, you know, the gambling aspect of poker, unfortunately, it does happen to people who decide to, you know, spend too much time in casinos, too much time you playing this game. And, you know, maybe they haven't even studied the game. You know, we are very, very concerned that we are teaching proper poker, that we're te- teaching bankroll management, we're thinking strong decision making, we're teaching women to get up and walk away from the table when it's the right decision to do so. All of those are empowerment moves. They are, they are not sending you down a pathway of you know having a, a very sad and difficult life. We can't convince everybody, and I'm actually okay with that. Um, you know, I want to get a million, and then I want to get 10 million, and then I really want half the world, which is all the women, Um, but we're going to get there. And I think that the very best thing that I have to to kind of dispel the negativity around poker are the women who are already playing, who never saw themselves sitting at this table. And suddenly they are playing, they are winning, they're having a great time and they're teaching it to their daughters and their sisters and their friends. They are the ones that are the best amplifiers, um, for why this game matters. Well, I agree with you 100%. I think this is an awesome, fun way 
to learn some really, really important skills that can be applicable in your career, can be applicable in your home life, can be applicable in your investment um, behavior. And, you know, we women, okay, yes, there's still, uh, you know, the parity in pay is still off and still going to take us 135 years to close that 82 cents on the dollar gap. But we are making progress in, in many ways. And, you know, more and more women, I think actually now more women get bachelor's degrees, mm-hmm. PhDs, master's degrees. Yeah. We're getting all these degrees, right? Because we are linear. We like to achieve. We also tend to do our homework more and participate in class, or hopefully we don't participate as much as we should, but we are participating. But this kind of skill set is going to help you to take all of your knowledge and your achievements to the next level by not letting letting things on the table that you you know you're not negotiating for you're not you know you're not asking for so i think you know it's awesome that you can do this in kind of a fun cool way and learn you know learn the game of poker be able to play it with your friends and also take this skill set and go on to really apply it in a meaningful way to your life so aaron i think this is awesome i'm going to actually check this out and Thank you. Go on the app and probably, you know, sit around playing poker for some of my day to see if I am good at it. <laughs> you know, for your younger young, your younger listeners, I'll just say that my daughter, who I mentioned, is 17. So she's very busy applying to colleges right now. She's a senior in high school. And one of her essays is around playing poker because she's actually a very capable poker player. And in the essay she wrote, it is so darling, she wrote, you know, I'm still scared when I play with boys, but I feel badass. And, and that, for me, that was like, yes, that is exactly yes. what we are trying yes. to accomplish. Play this game, build the skills, build the confidence, and then go be badass. And whatever it is you're going to do in your life, that's success for me. And don't be afraid to sit at the table with dudes. I mean, no. once you, you know, like your daughter now, she's sitting at the table and she may win, she may lose, but she took her seat at the table and she's not like some shrinking violet saying, oh, I can't sit at the table and play poker with, with my brothers or my, right. my male friends, right? Yep. And that to me is like half the battle is getting us to feel like we, A, should have a seat at the table and it shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? Like we, we should be sitting there. We should be participating. We're not, you know, we're, we're still not like those, those days of being homebound and not being property owners and not having any rights are gone. So now yeah. we have to grasp this because if we don't grasp it, no one's going to grasp it for us, right? This is up to each of us individually to take charge and to get our skill set in order so that we can be competitive and we can, you know, have flourishing careers and make a lot of money and also support our families and do all those things that often we end up doing completely by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is awesome. So Thank I you. am a big fan of the Poker Power movement. I would suggest that you all check out the app and the website. Erin, can you just again tell us the name of the website and uh, can we see you on Instagram? How yes. can everybody find out about you? Yes. So our handles for all the social is join Poker Power. Our website is pokerpower.com. You can find me as Erin Leiden, um, from that has a 376, which is an old handle attached, but I'm across all the social platforms as well. I love connecting on LinkedIn. Um, I've done a lot of work mentoring women and sponsoring women, so I'm happy if anyone wants to reach out that way. And you know, I, I will leave you with what I always say to our community who is just getting started with us, is that if you don't sit, you can't play. And if you don't play, you can't win. 
And at Poker Power, we want to teach you how to win. And that's what we're committed to doing. On that note, I have nothing more to add. Winning is awesome. I like to win. I can deal with losing, but man, there's nothing sweeter than winning. So that's what I get up every day trying to do. And I think if you check out Poker Power, you're going to learn some skills and hone them. And they are going to, you're going to be amazed. You're going to apply them to all parts of your life. So these ladies are doing something absolutely powerful and impactful. And thank you, Erin, for all your work in this space. Thank you. thank you for joining me today. It's been awesome. Guys, check out Poker Power. And until next time, just keep on winning. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening today to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And I would really appreciate if you could also rate and review it. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Fiscal Feminist or check out the website FiscalFeminist.com. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today.